I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Stina, here to carry the episode. I am running on zero energy right now, so even though I kind of faked being energetic just now, I may just peter off by the end of this episode. And I'm on my second cup of coffee. So, so we're cr- living very different lives, you and I, my friend. We've switched. We, we somehow switched... <laughs> roles where (laughs) I worked very hard for a full week and you had weren't you on vacation I well yes so but like the first I've discovered that like after all of this like adjusting to like a new work style life at like home and like working to like whatever time is feasible I guess Mm -hmm. um that like I don't really know how to turn myself off so like this this week was basically me as um a labrador puppy okay right just like what do i do where do i go where am i what do i do where do i go where am i like just over and over in my head chasing my tail until i got bored of that and realized that i could do other things yeah yeah like all that stuff that you put on the back list like well when i have a spare moment i'm i'm going to do this I need you to understand that I've been adding to it, and it's bad. (laughs) That is bad. (laughs) I have so many ideas, and I don't have enough uh, of me to do them. (laughs) That's where we're at right now, but that's okay. I do need to tell you that, so I was away on a work trip this week. That's why I'm so exhausted. Um, But I flew back last night and I was very grateful that I was able to hop on an earlier flight because my flight home was supposed to be leaving Atlanta, Georgia at 10.15 p.m. But luckily I got to leave Atlanta, Georgia at 6.59 p.m., more like 7.15 because the flight attendants didn't show up. But still, I was able to get home by 10 p.m., which was very, very lovely. But while I was on the plane, I looked over and I saw some guy watching the United States versus Billie Holiday. Did you tell him about our podcast? I wanted to, like, nudge him and be like, how'd you like the movie? <laughs> What'd you think? Can you believe they had heroin in 1942? <laughs> <laughs> You're still stuck on that. I'm still stuck on it. But uh, I did not do that. But, you know, because it's, it's a plane. No one really wants to talk to anyone. It's a plane. It's post-pandemic times. If it were a different time or era, I feel like you maybe would have been like, hey, so... How did you like the movie? You should listen to this podcast. Yeah, I wasn't, I was also just very, very tired myself. So I was like, ah, you know, best, best for another time. But I made a mental note in my head to tell you. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Maybe next time we'll promote ourselves a little bit better. That's okay. (laughs) We should, that's what it is. We'll just carry business cards around with us. Yeah, but like, uh... I'm not good at self-promotion because you know what? People self-promote me, themselves to me, and like nine times out of ten in my head, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, but we're very likable people, so that's the difference. Are we? 
I have 16. You just made fun of me for having 1,600 friends on Facebook. Yeah. I have to assume that not all 1,600 of them friended me to talk shit about me behind my back. I have to assume that. Maybe like 200 of them. I think you're the likable one. I think you're I like you. Well, thank you. (laughs) I'm much more of a Sam Weir type where I keep my, my, my circle close. I'm like, I have two friends. Isn't that enough? And I am like John Mulaney's bit about the mayor of Nothingsville. (laughs) You run for mayor of nothing? Yeah, it's exactly. I do that too. But also like, I don't, I don't know. I, I want people to like me, but also I don't want to be close to you. I don't know. I have have some weird issues. This is not a therapy (laughs) session. Let's get into the movie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I need you to understand I made a grave mistake. I watched the right movie. Okay. I watched the right movie. We're okay. talking about Sylvie's <laughs> Love today, right? We're Yeah, we're talking about okay. Sylvie's Love and not Sophie's Choice. <laughs> In my head, I was saying Sophie too. <laughs> you said it too. I thought it was just me. And I'm like, wait a minute, Christina. This is a big mistake you're about to make. And um, I think I mixed... I think I might have said, like, Sophie's Love or Sylvie's Choice. And I was like, why are they spelling it wrong? Why is the internet wrong? Oh, Sophie's Choice is a very different movie. Yeah. It's a much much older movie that would not be nominated at this time period. And, like, a slightly different plot line, if you will. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah, I'm going to say that. So it's definitely Sylvie's Love. Sylvie's Love. not Sophie's Choice. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it's on Amazon Prime. It's a a Pramazon I'm. (laughs) What happened to you carrying this episode? I do this too much. I do this a lot when I teach, too. I just throw throw words together. Always the first two of one word and the rest of the second word. It happens all the time. Amazon Prime. I'm a piranha. I'm from the Amazon. Sometimes I have to speak. Danielle and I were just talking because we both used to lecture at our church. And if you don't speak at a very specific speed, no one will be able to understand you. If you don't speak like that, I feel like I have to talk like that in general now to understand the things that I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming up with the things that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. This is every bang that you hear. That's Dave playing baseball in our kitchen with glass windows. Just want you to know that. That's <laughs> right here in uh, right here. Oh my god! I'm at that point where you know when you get so tired that you like start losing your mind. <laughs> I think yeah, I'm I there. know very well. I'm Very there. <laughs> Is your gonna mom going to come? Or a softball? Is your mom going to come in next? Baseball. Being yeah. loud. Is the mariachi band about to start up outside? You never know what's going to happen. Oh my god, I need to compose myself. Yes, because <sighs> you need to jump the awards and the nominations. Well, nominations. So, no awards just yet. Oh man. Um, whew, this was nominated uh, at the Emmys, or it is nominated at the Emmys for Best TV Movie. The Emmys will be in September, right? Yes. Okay. 
Don't quote us on that. So, uh, Emmy's nominated for Best TV Movie. What's interesting about this is how is this a TV movie if it's an Amazon Prime original? I was thinking that also. Um, Because, like, what... I want to say that, like, Amazon and maybe, like, Hallmark came together to make this movie. (laughs) Well, wow. (laughs) Based on how it went down. Wow. All right. Well, we know Christina's feelings on this movie for, right off the bat there. It's... I've... Okay, come on. <laughs> like, if, it, if you didn't know that it was an Amazon Prime original and you were like, somebody said, oh, I was just flipping through channels and I found this, you would think like, oh, are we watching the Hallmark channel? I wasn't saying... It's was just like a, a, a statement of, of fact that somebody might say. Let's think about, okay, so Sound of Metal was an Amazon Prime original. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful Boy was an Amazon Prime original. Did it was? I, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So those are technically TV movies, are they not? What's the, what's the like, uh, classification in Amazon system of this is a TV movie, this is a regular movie? TV movie versus regular movie. It's going to say that it's coming out in theaters, but they're not. They're going up straight to the streaming service. Maybe because... I'm going to be so mad. If it's made for TV, it's a TV production. If it was made to be released in theaters, it's a theatrical film. However, sometimes it's not so easy to categorize these titles. For example, there are films that were intended for theatrical release, but ended up debuting on cable tv instead this is from um help.imdb.com well thank you imdb i guess because sound of metal i'm pretty sure even though it was an amazon prime original it was out in theaters for a time same with beautiful boy i know beautiful boy was out in theaters we can use that as a better example because that was pre-pandemic i was gonna say that's yeah but so, I, um, Sound of Metal may have been made for theaters and not for television. I feel like you can just put a sticker on it at this point. If you're a streaming service, you can say, well, I intended to make this for theaters or I intended to make. Yeah, let's know. let's throw like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That's a Netflix movie that right. Netflix movies never come to theaters. So it's it's crazy gray area. But anyways, long story short, this Amazon Prime original got nominated in the best TV movie category. We'll see if it actually wins in that category. I'm just there's one some made for TV movies are distributed theatrically in certain territories or go to home video. So even a TV movie could be shown in a screening. This is interesting. They may have to, like, redefine these categories. Yeah. Because, like, what constitutes... um, Yeah, I mean, instead of saying best, like, TV movie, do, like, best streaming service movie, because that's where we're headed as a society. So here's a couple of things to note. Film slash TV slash video title categorization guidelines. So... Originally produced for release for film in theaters for a TV movie, a TV miniseries on television, and for a TV series, it could be on TV or the internet. And if it's a video, it could go right to video or the internet. The initial release 
for a film is in theaters, TV movie, TV miniseries, TV, TV series, TV or internet, video, straight to video or internet. But the actual running time is different. So for a film, a TV series, and a video, the running time can be any amount of time. Okay. But for a TV movie and a TV miniseries, I'm sorry, for a TV movie, it has to be less than 240 minutes. Okay. For a TV miniseries, it has to be 240 minutes or more. Okay. And then it depends on how many parts it's shown in or episodes. So a film can be done in one part. A TV movie can actually be shown in one or two parts. Okay. A miniseries, a TV miniseries is two to four parts. A TV series is four or more parts, and a video is just one. Okay. And then how many seasons or years it's available or whatever. For a TV movie or a TV miniseries, it's one year. For a TV series, it's one or more. And for a film or video, it's not applicable. Gotcha. Unfortunately, because of how tired I am, I think I understood or, like, I got probably, like, 50% of that. (laughs) Well, you can just listen to the episode and I'll, I'll re-listen to it and share it with people. Oh my goodness! All right, I'm ready for your summary, please. Summary, summary. Here it is: the story of Sylvie and her love for a saxophonist, Robert Holloway. Though almost missing each other many times in their lives, nothing can stop these two from finding each other. There we go. So character list. We have Sylvie Johnson played by Tessa Thompson as our main character. Um, You may know Tessa Thompson from the Marvel Universe. She was introduced uh, in Thor Ragnarok. What else was she in? I saw that she was in Creed. She was in Annihilation. So she's been in a bunch of stuff. And she's actually British. Fun fact. Uh, Sylvie is in her late teens early 20s she lives with her etiquette teacher mother and her record store owner father in harlem uh, she meets robert halloway played by uh, namdi Asamuga. Uh, he plays the jazz saxophone in a quartet and he starts to work at the record store he's in a band with chicago chico sweet sweetney played by Reggie jean page as we know from bridgerton uh who has a brief a brief fling Sorry, I've still been watching Love Island, so I still sometimes say think <laughs> instead of think. Think I think it's affecting me. I need to stop watching Love Island. All right. She, uh, Chico has a brief fling with Sylvie's cousin, Mona Lisa, played by Aja Naomi King. Uh, 1957 really was the summer of love. Uh, Sylvie eventually marries her fiancé, Lacey, played by Alano Miller. Um, a couple of other people to mention. What? Can I tell you what we know um, Alana Miller from? Who? What? Did, did you watch Jane the Virgin? No. He plays the classic Trump. Well, I'm going to ruin something for you here. Okay. He plays like the classic Trump of um, like a an evil step twin. Oh, really? Yeah. So he plays a character and then he also plays his evil step twin in Jane the Virgin. You know, you are, I had another person suggest Jane the Virgin to me, because I know you're watching it, and then I have another friend, uh, um, Chelsea Alcock, I went to dinner with her, and uh, she suggested it to me too, so I think- Oh, I I finished it. It's so good. Okay, I guess I need to give it a watch? Yeah. Okay. It's, It's really, really well done, I think, from beginning to end. Like, even the ending, the way this that show ended is, like, one of my favorite ways a show could end. And it's just, it's so cool because they take, like, all of the, um, 
the ideas of like a soap and a telemundo style um a telenovela telenovela what did i say telemundo which is the uh that's a a tv station that's like the station it would be on yeah okay yeah i messed that up in my head sorry a telenovela um and like soapy kind of like characters and like all the characteristics of those and they play them out and blend it into this like beautifully made story and it's like you know that those things are going to happen because that's what happens in that genre Mm -hmm. but it's so good the way they tie it in and the acting is just like amazing is it on Um, hulu i thought it was on netflix okay i don't know if it is anymore i'll have to look out for it so thank you for the recommendation back to sylvie's love (laughs) two two extraneous characters that uh are in the show um the count is played by jemima kirk and carmen who is played by eva longorio which it took me a while to be like is that eva longorio and i was like yeah it is actually yeah i didn't yeah that took me didn't recognize her at first but also can i bring up um lucy wolper the character lucy wolper oh yes 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 that's the woman from bridesmaids yeah, Wendy, um, oh, what's her last name? McLendon Covey? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah. But she's also the mother in uh, the Goldbergs. Yes. Yes, she is. Yes. I didn't recognize her because she was brunette in this. I know. You were used to her as a blonde. She's mm-hmm. the one who's uh, snapped a blanket in half because she has her sons who are little demons. <laughs> Hysterical. All right, so our climax we get back to our flashback from the beginning of the movie when Sylvie and Robert reconnect after five years. The quartet that Robert is in has gained notoriety and Sylvie is married with a child. Robert's child, but he doesn't really know about that. And Sylvie is working on her dream job. The only issue is that the feelings that they have for each other have not gone away. On New Year's Eve, Sylvie's father calls Robert from the hospital. He is in because he just had a heart attack, we find out, and tells Robert that Michelle is his child. Shortly after Mr. J's passing, Lacey and Sylvie's marriage ends. Robert finds out Sylvie, uh, finds out that Sylvie is single, and they begin their relationship. They start that back up. Everything is going great until Robert realizes his position in the the quartet is not paying. Um, Also, Jazz is being replaced by Motown at this time, so he's becoming a little obsolete. Uh, Robert attempts to break into the industry, the Motown industry, and fails. Instead of admitting his failure to Sylvie, he says he's moving to Detroit without her. So as, and what we find out, he's doing it so that she can live out her dream being a TV producer and he can just, you know, be over there, really poor miscommunication on everyone's part. It isn't until Sylvie is visiting Mona in DC that she finds out that Robert has been working at this vehicle plant in Detroit. And then this is where we get our way into the ending. Okay, so Mona and Sylvie reconnect on the beach and reminisce. Mona helps Sylvie realize that Robert didn't tell her that he didn't have a job and moved out to Detroit because he didn't want Sylvie to give up everything that she had. Sylvie goes back to her hotel room, but not without asking Mona her favorite song for this moment. Mona responds, the best is yet to come. A shot to Detroit, um, to Robert at the plant. Sylvie shows up. Sylvie confronts Robert that she can't be happy unless Robert is part of her life, contrary to his belief of 
He just wanted to see her happy, even though he could not be a part of her life. Robert says, well, then I guess that means we're stuck together. They walk away from the camera holding hands and see. The fun will never stop. The fun will never stop. So what is the IMDb score and the meta score? It's they're not super great. It's a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb okay. and on meta, uh, the meta score on Metacritic is 74 and the user score is a 6.1. Okay. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this a 93% and then the audience gave it a 77%. Okay. Can I I go first with my review? Please, go right ahead. I I only picked this review, it's not a good one, but I I only picked this review because um, there was something that I was thinking of and I mentioned it in my notes, so I figured that this review kind of mentions it, but I don't agree with everything that it says. I just want to preface it by saying that first. Okay. Okay. A love story question mark? Four out of ten. This movie reminds me a lot of The Notebook, which was what I was thinking. Okay. But without the character development and intricate plot, it's hard to watch a movie trying to sell dysfunctional behavior as romantic. There are ways to make a a flawed character likable, and this plot doesn't get it right. I love a good anti-hero as much as the next person, but dot, dot, dot. And here's where the spoiler comes in, dot, dot, dot. On what planet do you root for a guy that abandons his family just because he's embarrassed? I didn't. The plot never addressed either character really examining themselves and their faults. Self-realization is what makes you want to root for a character. Calling this a love story is a stretch. I want my two hours back. So it's funny that this review mentions The Notebook because, and you said that you thought of The Notebook because I also thought of The Notebook because, however, where The Notebook did a better job of it was it really built up that love story they had and it also had them meet when they were both young and single. If they had had Sylvie single, it would have been a little bit better. But at the time when Robert and Sylvie first got together, she was engaged. Right. So I thought of the notebook. It also, the whole, you know, walking in and finding out you have a kid, that reminded me a lot of Forrest Gump because that was what happened in Forrest Gump. You know, he reconnected with Jenny and he was like well this is Jenny's like this is my child his name is Forrest and he's like is that my child and he's like and she's like yes it is this is Haley Joe Osmond so um my review this is three out of five stars the mood the atmosphere the wardrobe the look Sylvie's love has all the visual visual pleasures one could want in a 60s set romance, but its entangled narrative goes through its motions without sparking near as much pleasure or joy as these other aspects. Tessa Thompson and Namdi Asmugo are cute enough, but develop a relationship worth standing up for, whereas Eugene Osh's shot of jazz fuel direction is unable to save a movie whose destination was always known and whose journey doesn't compel us to believe it anyway. So, um, 
I picked this because this was a good transition into my highs and lows because the shots of New York in the 60s were so good. Like, ugh, loved the little like transition pieces. They felt very, very authentic. Um, also just the tone that this movie was shot in, the graininess of it, I loved it. Same. I wrote that, um, I wrote that I liked the, the old timiness, but even like the yellow cursive opening credits mm-hmm. with where it says this person starring as this person. And I thought to myself, okay, I know it's not Sophie's choice, but am I sure that I still have the right movie? Because this doesn't look like it came out recently. Yeah. And so it kind of like played with my mind a little bit. One of my biggest critiques for a lot of movies, well, not a lot of movies, but some movies. You know what? No, not movies, but like remakes of old things. Um, in particular, Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls, if you are a true Gilmore Girls fan, there is a specific tone of the show that is slightly grainy, early 2000s, and it's very like a sepia-toned uh, TV show. Like, yeah, they, they show other seasons, but it very much gives off fall vibes. And then when they came out with The Next Generation, everything was hyper color, like super, super bright and super HD, and I hated it. Like, I wanted them to just go back and film with the original cameras that they used in, like, 2004, because it would make it feel much more authentic than these, like, high-definition cameras that they have now. (laughs) And they could have. They honestly could have. I mean, they didn't have to use the exact same cameras, but they could have made the tones like that, and it would have been much better now I brought up the Gilmore Girls reboot and I hate it, but you know what? Okay. Get me back on track. Okay. Do you have any more highs? Uh, those were my big highs. Okay. So I, I said, I liked the cute little cheesy love moments. Like when she mentions that he has a French light. Um, and then he says that you have one too. It's like, you know, like you know that these things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it very much resembled a Hallmark movie. Um, except the acting was way better than a Hallmark movie. I agree. So I will say that that's really the big difference, mm-hmm. but um, that's really, like, my 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 two cents as to, like, why it kind of reminded me as Hallmark, but it's, I know it's not totally Hallmark, but yeah. it's it's all there, and it's, I get it, and it's, but it's, a, it's called Sylvie's Love, you yeah. know? So, like, hmm. I wonder what this is going to be about. So, like, those moments, they kind of needed to be there because that's really what it's about. Yeah, no, I think that this was a true romance movie. You Mm -hmm. can't call it, you can't call it any other genre. It's a romance movie. Yeah, and I just want to say that Say Anything has nothing on Holloway's saxophone serenade outside Sylvie's window. I would, I would argue with that. Well, I will, I will, (laughs) John Cusack holding a boombox with In Your Eyes playing, a young John Cusack. He's making tunes. I'd pick John. There's a difference. I'd pick John Cusack. One guy hit a button, one guy made a masterpiece. No, Lloyd Dobler is forever in my heart. Love, oh God, I love Lloyd Dobler. All right, we don't don't send me off that that tangent. I'm just saying. I also want to say that the black sequin dress with the shiny white collar that she has on was my favorite outfit, and I want that dress. That was so cute. Um, if I was to wear an outfit, it would be Jemima Kirk's like all red outfit with the gloves 
and then the like head thing and she looked like Lady Gaga, that's what I would wear. <laughs> yes, I want gloves. <laughs> are we bringing gloves back? I We are. Absolutely <laughs> satin, we are. Satin gloves. I mean, listen, you're the MOH. If you want some gloves, we'll get you some gloves. Hey, you know what? You're the bride. If you want some gloves and you want us to wear gloves, we're all wearing gloves. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I haven't decided yet, but I think I want gloves. <laughs> I just want to make it even more complicated, right? Because... It's not easy enough to put a ring over my fat knuckle anyway. But now I want you to take the glove off, take the ring off, put the ring on, put the other ring on, put the glove back on. You can you know. be like, um, you can be like uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in First Wives Club, where when she gets engaged, um, she has like gloves on and she puts the ring over the glove. That's a thing. In the movie, it was. Oh. Well, that won't go over well. I'm so clumsy. I'll take off my gloves and I'll be like, oh, it's so hot in here. And it will just fly right off. Yeah. (laughs) I also wanted to say that I I wanted to go into Lowe's. Okay. So do you want to go first? Did you have any? Um, I mean, I think my big low is just it may we may have the same low. Um, I like romance movies. Do not get me wrong. I'm a fan of them, I th- and I think that, you know, something lighthearted and easy to watch, which this was, this did not feel like a heavy movie, which is new for us because we've just been doing heavy <laughs> movies, so this was a breath of fresh air. But I think that it got a little too sloppy at the end of the movie. I think it would have been a much more interesting movie if... Robert had gotten into Motown and, you know, he would have gotten famous and he would have been touring and it would have been like that strain on Sylvie and Robert's relationship of how do we compete with the love that we have for each other versus, you know, fueling our passions and our love of what, of music and television respectively. I think that would have been a lot more of an interesting story other than Robert being like, Meh, I need to leave because Sylvie's love of TV trumps, like, the love that she has for me. So I have to go and be in Detroit for right now. I just thought it was, it was, it all could have been resolved if they all sat down and had a conversation as opposed to him just being like, I'm removing myself from the situation. It's amazing what two minutes and a cup of coffee could do for a movie. I really, it's just amazing. Yeah. Just sit down, two minutes and a cup of coffee. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that it would have been, and this is kind of going into expectation versus reality, but I'll humor you here by saying that I really thought that he would have stayed in New York, fought the good fight, and maybe they would have given him a late, late night residency at a tiny jazz club or you know music club where after all of today's music was playing he got to play jazz because it was like slowly going out it's like to cater to like that audience Mm -hmm. and then like he would slowly be able to like learn different types of music and get other sets in new york city and she would be the breadwinner during that time or you know what would also have been interesting is that if he took over Mr. J's record store and then he 
kind of because no one ever explained what happened to the record store yeah and he could have made a jazz club underneath yeah that would have been much more of an interesting storyline jeez louise why didn't we why don't we write movies i don't know and i think um i'm sorry did you have another low because i feel like i, I know what yeah. your low is and i I'm, I'm ready to go it's the dialogue for me man yeah okay that it's wasn't the, the low like, i was thinking it's like fat man Whenever the dialogue counted, it wasn't that great. Yeah. Like, when Robert leaves and she says, what did she say? When you decide you want to come back, do me a favor and don't. Huh. Hmm. You know, like, it could have been more powerful. Like, that whole conversation. And, like... She was trying to get an answer from him, and I don't understand how, like, she wasn't able to get that answer. Or, like, and if he was going to be dismissive, why wouldn't you just write in, Sylvie tries to find answer, Robert denies and rejects, or whatever. But, like, I feel like there, there wasn't enough there. Um, Lacey's speech is total garbage at the end. Um, yeah. Because he says that what he says and what he actually did was so very different. He was like, I've always loved you. I didn't marry you just because you were pregnant. And also, like, way to throw that one at us. I don't know. Way to, like, light a firecracker in the middle of the movie. Like, little pieces of information were just like, by the way, here's a major plot hole that we're just patching up with uh, some spackle here. Yeah. You know? Um, And so he was just kind of like... I married you because I loved you and I've always loved you and like supported you and I've always wanted to be, you never needed to be this wife for me, but I always wanted to be that. And I thought like, oh, is he like super manipulative? Because he didn't do any of these things. I mean, she got a job, he didn't care. He only cared about his job. When she wanted to do things, he never threw her a bone. He always expected that she'd be home with dinner on the table. So I'm like, where the hell do you get off saying that like, you don't need to be this woman for me. Yeah. Like, I, I have to take it as a sign of manipulation. I can't take it any other way mm-hmm. because like, that's just not what happened. I feel like if any, I feel like that I'm watching a totally different movie. Like there was no way that that was the same character. Honestly, part of me wished that Lacey just wasn't a character. Like, I I understand that his role was to sort of be, like, the high expectations that her mother places on her. Because her, I mean, but also, like, that's not really explained either. But you can, like, make the assumption that her mother's an etiquette teacher. She had a cotillion, a coming out. She had to be part of this, like, society. And meanwhile, because that's what her mother wants her to be. So that's why she married Lacey and she was engaged to Lacey. But also, like, I just, like, I, they, their relationship dissolved so quickly. I wish that he wasn't a character. I, yeah, I mean. It's or just, if he was a character, have him in the beginning and then just have her, like, rebel against him and then just go and have a child and, like, raise her on her own as opposed to having him around. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to, like, totally agree with you because his acting was really good. Yeah. You know, so, like, 
I, 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 it's hard for me to like dismiss a character when their acting is so compelling, but you know, it's the writing. It's it's the writing for me. It's like you have these moments that you're leading up to that you're creating and then you're just dropping the ball. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt. I also want to say that this is a, this is another thing that I was like, maybe it's me, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But like from what I know about comedy and writing and attempting to be a PA in college and as a recent graduate, it's really hard to do that in two places, New York City and LA. Yeah. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah. Okay. So like sometimes people have to leave New Jersey where we live, Mm -hmm. go to like Chicago or Texas, do a thing there, get really big there just so that they could come back to New York and do the thing in New York, right? Like you have to go out to the Midwest or like across the country just to come back to New York to make it. Mm -hmm. So one might argue that New York is a pretty big fucking deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're with me on this. This, I'm making sense, I'm with you, I'm following, I'm following. He leaves to go to Detroit. She leaves to go with him. She calls the company because now she's the produce, a producer for a popular show in New York City. Yeah. Okay, she leaves to go to Detroit. She calls them and they say she's as good as hired from her experience in New York City. Mm -hmm. And then they tell her that she has to start at a way lower position and work her way up. Why would you take a successful producer from New York City and make her work her way up in Detroit? Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Okay. I thought it was me, but, like, how I explained it to you was what went through in my head, and I just needed to explain it that way because that doesn't make any sense to me. If anything, it would be the other way around. So I just had to look up because the critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 93%, which I don't know how they could give this a 93%. No offense Mm -hmm. to this movie, but it's like... It's meh. It's they're de- like we've just been talking about in our lows are definite plot holes that don't make any sense. I just looked up the critics rating of the notebook. Guess what th- they rated the notebook? What did they rate the notebook? 53%. Are you kidding me? I shit you not. 53% by the critics, 85% by the audience. I'm surprised the audience is that low. I'm I am flabbergasted. Just I mean they're not they're not exactly the same movie, but if if we were to, if we were to sit here and compare, you have they're both young adults. Yeah. You have the, the woman coming from a uh, slightly higher status family within the the small community of where they are. You have the male coming from the lower end who has sort of uh you know unique talents um but coming from a poorer version in love with the younger girl trying to do everything they get separated they come back together why are you shaking your head because i just looked i just scrolled down and i saw what the critics rated titanic okay they they rated it an 89 percent so sylvie's love is rated higher by the critics also, the audience rated Titanic 69%, so the audience and the critics rated Titanic lower than Sylvie's Love. I, 
I need to go lay down. Like, I can't. Oh, I can't. I can't. You know what? Maybe we should stop with the ratings. I don't know if the ratings mean anything anymore. Yeah, I need to log off Rotten Tomatoes. They have no idea what's going on. Just, I, I, I'm, I'm speechless. I will, I, but I, so, okay. Uh, I will say it again. The acting was outstanding. And the costumes were great. I can't, I can't sit here and the cutesy little writings were good, but I can't sit here and say that there's not plot holes. I can't sit here and look you in the eye over this Skype call and say that everything made sense and that the ending wasn't rushed and that we, we didn't come up with a better ending just now. Like we didn't even rehearse this. We just threw this together right now, Sunday, August 8th, 4.37 p.m. <laughs> I will say that... The Notebook and Titanic are two movies that I personally, like, cannot watch because I bawl my eyes out at both movies because they are such beautiful love stories, beautiful romance movies. They warm your heart. You root for the characters. And I, I don't know, part of me just did not feel the emotional connection to these two characters and I did not cry at the end of this, so I don't know what's going on. All right, we need to s- switch segments because I'm still just baffled. All right. Snack, Snack break. break. Well, I had um, coffee and a smoothie. Mm-hmm. I didn't really – I watched it this morning, so that was my breakfast. But I would like to recommend um, some, like, caramel popcorn. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of that, like something sweet and salty, like goodness for a love story type of movie. I feel like that would be a good one. It was cute. Have a cute snack. Yeah. Well, I had popcorn, just regular popcorn, but I also had a coffee because (laughs) I needed one. (laughs) I definitely needed one. You're all caffed up. I was, and also, like, I've been so caffeinated this whole week that, like, I didn't want to, I've been just, like, pounding venti iced Americanos, so I just needed to not have four shots of espresso in my system, so I got Dunkin', but have you (laughs) tried the Dunkin' Sunrise Batch? No, I've been trying to, but is it, like, a dark roast? No, it's, like, a medium roast, but it's very good. Okay, it's on my list. Highly recommend. Try the Sunrise Batch from Duncan. So my expectation for this was, I guess, more of like a notebook ending. I didn't know, I didn't know if they were going to die. I didn't know what was going to happen because they were. I'm not trying to sit here and compare movies. I mean, we did. We just but did. That's, that's Rotten Tomatoes' fault. That's not any fault of our own. Sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't look at Rotten Tomatoes while we're, while we're recording. Yeah, you're going to have to, like, take screenshots so that you're not tempted to scroll. I know. It's the worst. All right. Anyways. Did you have um, an IRL moment? Oh, no. Well, no, no, no. So I, um, for my expectation, it's okay. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. For my expectation, um, you know, I was happy that it was something light. I did not know if it was going to be light or really dark, but it was light and I'm good with that. It's funny that if you really think about it, I could be talking about coffee, but today I'm talking about this movie. It was not anything too complex or heavy. It was just just right, I guess, in in terms of this movie. But the Goldilocks I, effect. 
in the Goldilocks effect, yes. But I do feel that there were huge plot holes. There were things that would have made the movie a little bit more interesting. And overall, I didn't feel that emotional connection to the characters. So I was like, meh about it. I think I, I was I found myself smiling with like the cutesy little lines. Mm-hmm. So like during those parts, I felt I was like, oh okay, yeah. But then the, that was it wasn't well rounded in that regard. Yeah. Like if she had rebelled against her mom, would have loved it. Would have yeah. loved it. Yeah, that's true. Like I think those are the parts that were missing. Not her father. Like her father seemed to have her back, which is why I can't tell why the father fired this guy, but. Also, Unless like the mother the, told him to, but then like that's a conversation that I wanted to hear. Yeah. But if I feel like if they added all these parts based on the ramifications of creating a TV movie, I think it would have gone over time. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, it was only 117 minutes. They had tons of room to play with. Yeah, it was not. It was not a long movie, which was nice. It's like only yeah. Um, as far as IRL moment. Probably, like, her watching the I Love Lucy just completely enthralled and, like, not paying attention to anything around. Like, I can totally relate to that. Also, I haven't thought about uh, I Love Lucy in a very long time. Such a funny show. Vita Vita Vegemin. (laughs) Do poop out of parties. I was going to say, in general, I think that we might be able to relate to Sylvia a bit, considering her love for television. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Two girls watch TV. Yes, watching a TV movie that was on Amazon Prime that we're still out on if it's actually a TV movie. Yeah, the debate the debate is out. But <laughs> what is television anymore? Line, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That line, yeah, very prominent in my childhood. I think everywhere I went. Well, like a lot of times we would be at church and my mom would be talking in the back of the church. I know, shocker. Probably to your mom. I am shaking my head because, yes, I have been, I feel like I have been in the back of the church for a 10 a.m. mass, and you stayed back there talking so long that you catch the next mass. (laughs) Well, yeah, but then when you do, like, the 12 p.m. mass or the 7 p.m. mass, there's nothing following it. So the priest would come in the back of the church and say to our moms, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. How bad do you think it is <laughs> the house of god is like all right enough yeah but then it's never enough <laughs> then the conversation just continues in the parking lot <laughs> or at the diner yeah or the diner it's like oh you want to go get you hungry <laughs> you want to get coffee <laughs> yes that is 100 happened and it was our moms and i feel like we were there just a bunch of keck at homes that's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, well, that's oh, it. That's it. It's we over. did it all. So check out Sophie's. Nope. Sylvie's love. <laughs> Sylvie's love, not Sophie's choice. I was gonna say Sophie's love. I messed it up again. Honestly, what else is new at this point? Not a lot. So check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Hey It's Two Girls. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Classic Cena. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. Send us an email with reviews. You write it, we'll read it. We don't care what it says, as long as it's nice. <laughs> to us, at least, whatever, you know? Two girls watch TV at gmail.com. Two is spelled out T W O. Check out the blog Beer Coffee Donuts and the YouTube channel Two Girls Drink Beer. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> Good.
do it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.